Hello, listeners. This is Dr. Taylor Hartman with Very Best of Living. I'm with my cohort, Kathy Larson. How are you? I'm I'm awesome. (laughs) You are awesome. That's for sure. Uh, (laughs) So here we are. Uh, We're going to have a great um, podcast today. I'm excited about it. So you always like to start with questions. Do you have a surprise for me? Well, I really want to just kind of know what's been on your mind in some of the events in the world that have happened and our capital and coronavirus and presidents. And I'd just like to kind of know where your mind goes with all of this. Well, it's a great question. First of all, I have to say that as a yellow, I am rather uh, naive. And so I'm always a believer in simplicity. And I can, I, I'll never forget this. I was working very, I was very young, probably 30 years old. And I was working with some clients that were step parents. And they asked mm-hmm. me, so what's the difference in step parenting or parenting? And I said, there really isn't any. You just have to love and maybe love a little harder, but it's basically the same. And as I grew with experience, I realized, oh no, <laughs> it's not at all the same. It's a very different kind of ball game. So part of my naivete gets educated. And um, recently I was asked, so how did the colors deal with COVID? Like how do they engage that dynamic in their lives? And and honestly, I'm pretty, pretty like, I, I kind of write above, like it's okay, life's difficult, it's frustrating, it's hard, but life is meant to be challenging and we're supposed to face that and grow from it. But this time I had even an email from a friend uh, who just said, I hate to bother you right now. I know you've got plenty on your plate, but I'm just overwhelmed. I'm so tired of the negativity. I can't stand it anymore. She said, I, I have a hair a stylist I go to. I've gone to it for 30 years and I just can't go to her. I can't spend two hours hearing about all that's wrong in the world. I just, it's one mm-hmm. more thing I can't deal with. So it, it's made me think, Kat, that I, I do really believe that people are smothering themselves in negativity. In her case, I, and I personally can listen to social media. I can watch media outlets. I don't get tainted negatively by that, but she does. And so I said, if I were you, I would turn off all social media and I would only impose positive podcasts in your life. And I would go for walks. And I would see all the good you can create by writing a gratitude journal and spend energy focusing on what's right versus the negativity that we are now experiencing. For people that are sensitive, I think it's important that they cut out negativity uh, from their experience. I do believe that more people are upset than we realize and people are tired. It's like a war. It's gone on for three years, so to speak, it's like World War One, World War II. Well, the COVID thing has now mm-hmm. gone on for almost a year. And people yep. are tired. They're worn out. That's how I feel. And I think people have to find really, tools that work for them. Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. I think that, you know, just kind of being accountable and responsible to that, like, if you have to, you know, turn off your social media and right. and do a gratitude journal every morning instead of, you know, Instagram or Twitter, or, you know, Facebook. Right. You know, it really, it really is a responsibility. Of the individual. For the individual, right? Right. Like just you have to do that for yourself. Right. And I applaud people that do that. I really respect people who say, I, my body doesn't feel right in this scenario, so I'm going to I'm going to shift it. I really like that. Instead of being a victim. Well, what, what TV's everywhere or whatever they say, right? So um, Yeah, and as you were talking about the lady that, you know, that goes to the to the hairdresser right. for 30 years right. and not going we talked earlier, we t- I think we talked one time about just boundaries and what that feels like. And yes. 
when people get offended or if you don't agree with some, what somebody's saying or doing, you know, even in my own family, trying to go and get my mom to visit, right. it's been a, well, don't worry about it. It's not that big of a deal. She'll be fine. And I'm going, no, I want her to get the vaccine. And, I mean, right. you know, and everybody has, their everybody opinions. needs to be listened to their opinions. Yes. But I, but I also and honoring those boundaries. Like for example, with this woman and her hairdresser, I said to her, you know, first of all, I mean, you can go and say, you know, I really applaud you for being strong enough. It doesn't seem to bother you. I'm not like, I'm just too sensitive and make it about her. Don't blame the hairdresser. Just say, I just, it doesn't work for me. So I would really appreciate it. We can just not dialogue that today. Truly. If you can take the ownership off of the other person, you you're pretty free to move about. But if you can't, it's like when I work with people who had dysfunctional parents and, and I would say for some of them, they're strong enough. They can deal with the parent. Others I'd say, you know what? You got to cut it off for a while. It's too overwhelming. So just know yourself well enough to set a boundary that works for you. And rather than being hostile at the person who's different than you, just own why it's hard for you and separate yourself that way. That's what I recommend. I remember you saying that. And I think what's so great to me worth to say again is that when you set that boundary, I think the boundary is hard. What's even more insightful to me, it's like hard to get to a boundary, but then how how people respond to it is when you know, like if, right. if my hairdresser gets all bent out of right. shape and upset with me, right. then I probably want to find a new hairdresser. Right. I mean, seriously, that's not <laughs> right. your problem. That's her problem. It, that's, that's correct. Problem. Yeah, yeah, that's good. But I also just, just so our listeners can think about this as many times as you can take ownership for what it is about you that makes the conflict difficult. That's empowering. It's very empowering. Like when I would say to people all the time, so which color is hardest for you to get along with? And they would tell me and I would say, okay, what is it about you that makes that color hard? And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, let's talk about what it is about them that makes them difficult for me. I said, no, no, because two yellows can have very different takes on a red. So I, I don't want to talk about the red. I want to talk about the each of you yellows. What is it about you that makes that red difficult? Because that's where your growth comes. Once you internalize, what is it about me that makes my life work or not work, that's when you start to enhance the quality of your life. So do me a favor just to illustrate. Your toughest color is what? Probably, well, no, probably sick blue. Probably the hardest. Sick sick blue. So what about you makes the sick blue the hardest? I like to fix problems with people, and I can't get sick blues to come to the table. Very difficult for me. And so I'm not patient. I have to sit back and realize they're an emotional trauma and turmoil and I want to move logically forward. That's on me. They're not ready for that. They're not capable of doing that. So that, that's my work to do. Wow. That's, yeah, I think that's really clear, too. I think that's really clear. And it's really a, a place that as we're going to be talking about what we're talking about today, right. um, uh, the subject today is, is good to, to hit it off. Well, so. let's, ta- let's talk about that because it's just this is one of my I love this topic because, you know, you only have so many years uh, that you live and mm-hmm. for all of us, it's different. But at the end of your life, all you can claim is what you chose, what you focused on, what you made yours. And I do love that concept that you start with a kind of a blank page of a life that you then can write on, things that you want to experience. And I will say to this, uh, we traveled often in my 40s, 50s, often, all over the world. And I'm telling you, Kat, now that I'm in my 70s, it's a different experience when I go to those very same places. So if you don't take advantage of opportunities at different phases of your life, you'll experience it differently if you wait, save it all for the end. 
So it's important for people to think about what is it I want my life to be about? Do I want it to be about, about having children? Do I want it to be about being a good friend? What are the elements that are critical to you? And this is the fifth step in becoming charactered is focusing your commitments. And of course, which color does that best? Which color? Red. Yeah, absolutely. Nobody does that as well as red. They are phenomenal right. in their ability to kind of get a singular focus on things they want done. It's funny. I had a, uh, a text yesterday from a very a great red lady. She's just terrific. And she can get things done like you can't even imagine. She's just so effectively and efficient. And she goes, you know what? I got to tell you something. So this power thing, you talk about reds that are driven by power. And then she went off literally for like 10 paragraphs about how she wants people to move towards B, like get things done, like have, have a discussion with a purpose, have some meaning towards where you're going. And I said to her, let me explain to you. As a red, your goal is to get to B. That is your goal. And so you're so focused on that that you don't ever think about how others are feeling about their journey. Like they may be fine with the discussions going nowhere and you're the one saying, this is not okay for me. So I helped her understand that she's even more red the way she explained herself to me. But reds are very good at saying, this is what I want and I will pay the dues to go get it. They're not excuse givers. And that's when you, that's what we need a dumb red. They're horrible because they are still red thinking they're moving somewhere and they're not. So go ahead. No, I was just going to ask about like, what do you mean moving somewhere and they're not? Explain that a little bit. Well, I mean, a lot of people think they're doing progress and they're not making any progress at all. I think about how many people in the weight loss program uh, itself, how many people in spirituality are thinking they're making movement when all they're doing is moving in the same circles. Like they're not really doing anything new, different than they've done before. And if you don't do something different and then you've done before, you'll end up in the same place again. In fact, you'll end up worse because now you're discouraged. So what I like about what Reds have taught me about moving towards a goal and accomplishing something is they set a very clear picture of what the end looks like. What does B look like? Now, as a yellow, I will often go from A to S to L to Q before I get to B. That's frustrating for Reds because they're much more B-lined, like go just straight there, right? But in in our lives, if you think about the three things you have really focused on, you've really committed to, and they were good, legitimate things to want. Do yeah. you ever regret having done them? Do you ever go, look back no. and go, I wish I hadn't done it? You don't, right? No, never. Nope. I, mean, I mean, it's why you had the Olympics, for example. You have a, a, like an end goal, like you're, you're practicing and working and eating properly and doing all these great things so much in your life. But the end goal is, can I stand on that podium? Can I actually be gold? And I think that's what I love about focusing my commitments. What am I willing to commit to, to leave a legacy, to show that what my life was meaningful for? And I can think of so many things in my own life where I, where I, I, how I go about it, maybe not be the same as how others go about it, but the fact that we are all committed to some kind of goal that matters to us is what counts. I I think of when I wrote the color code. I mean, I, this is so hysterical how I just truly, I had this incredible gift, like this awareness of what truly made people tick. And I did not want to write it because I don't, I don't, I don't want to write. I want to enjoy talking, being with, socializing. And what got me to write that book was my wife saying, we're not going to go out this weekend on a date unless you've written a chapter in that book. So again, it was my fun driving core motive that forced me to then leave one of the best legacies I'll ever leave in this life. So you can use your core motivation. Um, my wife, for example, she is driven by the motive of parenting. She wants to be the best mother mm-hmm. she can be. 
and always has been very clear about that. That's what she wanted to do. So you I mean use whatever your your core is. Hers is into intimacy, so it kind of fits with parenting, right? But you can have a mm-hmm. red just as committed to being the best parent they can be, or whatever it might be. Um, I love it when young people learn these skills young. They learn how to set goals and go after them and accomplish them and complete them. But I will challenge you all to think about why it is your goal. Like, what is it about that goal that keeps it clean? Remember we talked last week about motives? So if Mm -hmm. you don't have a clean motive and you're going after um, something to prove yourself, for example, that may come back to bite you. Did I really spend all that time trying to prove myself and they didn't care after all? Make sure it's something that's clean and legit. Yeah. You know, as you're talking about focusing your commitments on what you want, you know, I'm wondering what you feel about, you know, when I, when I talk to people, sometimes they don't know what they want and it's, and it's an interesting place to me. Is that, what kind of things go around when people can't figure out what they want? Is it a fear? Is it a a lack of effort? It's definitely fear. No question about that, but it's often, I don't deserve it. I don't think that I'm worthy of it. I could never really find that possible in my life. I've never believed in myself enough to think I could do that. And there definitely is a sense of, am I willing to commit to it? There are people that are lazy. They're not willing to put in the effort. So that's true also. But you're right. You get mm-hmm. at the core of why it is you're not really moving towards something or you don't really know what you care about. Typically, what I find is people that are ill-defined, they cannot set goals because they don't really know what they want to commit to, what they're about. It's like when you say to somebody, when we were younger growing up, we'd say, mom, we're bored. And what would she say? It's your problem, not mine. <laughs> figure it out. So I, I'm often that way with, with people that I see. I'm often, they'll say, well, I don't really don't know what to do with my life. And I said, well, that's your problem. Figure it out. Like that's what your job is. And, and my pe- dad used to say, my dad used to say only boring people are boring. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that kills me. Yes. I'm, like, I'm not boring. Yes. I'll yes. Kill you. Uh, yes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> but you know, you really, if you think about it, there's so many sideshows in our lives, so many things you have to yes. do just to get through life. Right. Isn't it yeah. great to think there's something you really cared about that you actually fought for that was uniquely yours at the end of your life? And I, I love yes. the person that gets beyond their natural sense of self and finds something bigger than them. One of the reasons I liked I loved it when I, would, I went and did a mental health mission in Africa was because it was bigger mm-hmm. than me. I was so excited to be a part of something that wasn't about me. I was a part of something bigger, which is people's mental health. And of course, your life is so much more enriched when you do that versus when you make it all about you. So that, oh, gosh. that's important, I think. You know, what, what is it you want to focus oh. on, you know, in life? Yeah. And I think, I think as you're talking about like right now when, I mean, just tying it to what you said about the lady that, that said it, it's so hard right now and focusing a commitment to um, looking at things differently, like what that really feels like. And I found like, even with my, the things that I really focused on is I need other, I needed other people to really get me in my groove. Is that a natural thing? Like I really needed to talk to somebody. I don't know if it was insecurities, but, but I found maybe the beginning it was. And then I found that having somebody to talk to or throw things off of, or call up and say, Hey, I'm, I'm in this spot. What do you think about it? Is that a positive or a negative? It's a positive. Yeah. We're social animals. Now there are people that don't need that. There are for sure. But in general, we are social animals. And so the truth is to have somebody else's input and insight, it, all it does, I think, is it broadens your experience. But you can't rest on them making it happen. That's the difference. Right. At the end of the day, you've right. got to take it and run with it. 
So I'd love people to think about like, who do you really want to focus on? What do you really want to focus on? And is it bigger than you or is it all about you? So that's just something I want us to think about and use the red gift of determination and commitment to follow through on it, to make things happen in your life. You will never regret it. It, whether it's, I don't care whether it's going after a degree when you're 50 years old. It doesn't matter. You're still going to be 60 whether you go for a degree or not. So I, I just I love people making decisions for themselves that are clean and focused so their life has meaning uh, at the end of it. Yeah. I'd love you to just clarify one thing when you say that it's it's really when you get over yourself, which is one of the things that that's in your teachings is like get yourself, get your truth and get over yourself is getting over yourself as it's really not about you anymore. Like you said, going to Africa was bigger than you. Sometimes I think I get caught. I know I do. Like, I I think I'm doing it for the right reason. And then like later on, I go, oh, that was really about me. And I didn't have that awareness in the first couple of steps that it was really about me instead of the other person. Is that normal? <laughs> it, it Not only is it normal, it can change. Like you really could have a very clean intent and it evolves into being selfish. The whole process takes ownership about what is the motive that's going on here. And I, and I do think it's really yeah. important to keep clean. Why am I doing this? If you're trying to prove yourself, it's going to be a problem. If it's all about you at others' expense, it's going to be a problem. But if you can genuinely think, what can I do to make their life better? What can I do to make their experience in life better? Um, smiling at somebody, uh, taking some food to somebody that you care about, uh, writing a letter to a teacher that was so inspiring to you. It's just interesting how some people go out of their way to make life about others and others keep making it all about themselves. And the ones that keep making it about themselves shrink. They shrivel. They get smaller. The ones that make it about others, they get bigger. They grow. Life is more abundant. So that's, that's the essence of what I'm trying to get people to understand is that it's, it's fun to have something, at least I like that, something I can look at and go, that's my goal. I want to get that book finished. I want to get that uh, that person in my life to experience this with me. I love it like when mm-hmm. a dad says, I just want my son or my daughter to go fishing and experience what it's like to me, what I love about that. I mean, the fact they want to share that with them is, in my mind, a phenomenal goal. What a great commitment, making it about the child, not about it's, them. Yeah, it's funny. I, I Just share a quick thing. We went to Colorado. I grew up in Colorado and moved this year. Mm-hmm. out of Colorado and we went back this last summer with my kids and I climbed a lot of mountains in Colorado they're called 14ers and there's like 56 of them wow. and I loved it I mean I love getting onto the top of right. a mountain I don't know why it just is different yeah. the world's different when you're up there yep. right yep um and I really wanted my kids to get up there with me and so we started and and they were doing great and you know yep. my son took off and my daughter was walking with me and then my son came back so we could all do it together it was really cool and so funny and it's like it's like you know it really is hard it's not an easy thing. no you know it's not like it's a, a challenge it's, right it's, it's a challenge <laughs> yeah. and and i kept I found myself like selling them on the idea of like, you know, um, it's going to be worth it. It's really going to be worth it. And then we get up there and I was so afraid they're going to like, this is it? This is it? Really? I mean. <laughs> well, that is a good point though. But that, when you're yeah, trying to sell yeah, something, like, you're hopeful they'll like it as much yeah. as you do. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, and they did. They were blown away. Well, what, what's, goodness, what's really cool, but here's what's cool is that if, even if they hadn't, the experience of being with their mom and their sibling yeah. was magical. And that's what I've discovered yeah. that even if the end goal doesn't end up exactly like you wanted it to, if you're clean, the journey itself becomes the goal. And that's what's cool. 
So I love just that example is a great example of wanting to share your life in some way with somebody. So it doesn't really matter what it is. Just make sure that it's something that you can commit to and you believe in. Mm-hmm. And it's something you're willing to sacrifice for. You have to give something up to be able to do that that you're going to do, right? It'd be fun for our listeners yeah, to great. let us know I'd like, like what things they've committed to and what really matters to them. There's a man, I never forgot this. He was um, always dreaming of living in, in Huntington Harbor, which is a beautiful location in Southern California, right on the water. That was his goal. Mm-hmm. He actually accomplished it. Like amazing. He got a boat. He had a home right there on the harbor. It was a very, very challenging move that he made. And when I was working with him, he said, you know, it's funny. I haven't done anything like that since. And I'm wondering why. Like I loved it so much. My life is so much better for it. And I said to him, you know, affirmations take energy. They take a lot of effort. So I wouldn't degrade yourself for that. I would just realize that what you put into making that affirmation happen was painful, sacrifice and difficult. And it was well worth it, but don't dismiss the fact that it, it's not something you are, you do every day. It's not an easy thing to do to build an affirmation into your life and follow through on it, especially when others don't have the same affirmation. They don't have the same belief. They couldn't care as much as you do. So I really respect the person that says, what can I affirm that matters that much to me that no matter what others say, I'm going to stay with it? That's the essence. Say that again one more time. What, what can, can I, I affirm? What can I affirm in my life that no matter what others say or do or prevent from or I have to sacrifice for, what can I affirm I will commit to today? What's going to get me, right? Hook me. I think that's the perfect first step, isn't it? It's the first step. That's how it starts. And you know yeah. what? Just accept that it's not going to be easy. That's okay. That's all part of the, part of the mm-hmm. process. So for yeah. our listeners, we hope you think more about this. Think about this constantly in your life. What are my commitments? What am I looking towards? And am I willing to do them? One of my most favorite quotes, by the way, is from um, a man that climbed the Himalayas. And he made this comment that once you totally immerse yourself and commit to the process, once you do that, all nature seems to rally behind you. But until you do that, nothing seems to work. But so it's an an intuitive commitment inside your heart that you're 100% in, once that happens, all forces of nature seem to align to support you. But until you do that, they don't. So at the end of the day, it's you. It's on you. Okay. That gave me goosebumps. We'd like to thank, yes, it was terrific being with you as always. Our listeners, we love having you. We're so grateful that you're with us on this journey. And we'll be back next week with a new podcast on serving others. Thanks, Taylor. Bye-bye. Bye now. Hey, Color Code family, it's Kathy Larson. I want you to take down a number. I want you to put this in your contact list under the people code. The number is 385-526-2350. Again, 385-526-2350. Text the word VIP to that number and you'll get back from us a request for your name and your email. That way we'll be in touch with you on anything that's happening at the People Code, any offerings, exciting things that are coming up, and you can let us know what your needs are by texting us at that number. Look forward to staying connected even more. Thanks so much. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye.